0: Welcome to WP Tonic episode 151. Today we've got Josh Pollack of Caldera Forms and Caldera Labs. Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Josh Pollock. I am the founder, lead developer for Caldera Labs. We make uh, Caldera Forms and other things with the word Caldera attached. Um, <laughs> when I'm done with this, John's going to say Caldera three times fast. Um to impress us with his skills, um, yeah. We so it's a drag and drop responsive form builder uh, for WordPress. Uh, that you know it's responsive by design, and uh, that's kind of my main focus. I do a lot of uh, other types of plugin development and uh, REST API stuff. Teach, um, you know, I like the WordPress.
0: You uh, like <laughs> definitely. We all like the WordPress. I also want to introduce my co-host Jonathan. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Oh, hi there, folks. I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a maintenance service company. We also provide services for um, graphic designers, um, other agencies that are looking for a trusted partner in the WordPress space.
0: Very good. And I'm John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design, and I help blue-collar businesses with their WordPress sites, specifically their local SEO and their WooCommerce shops. Uh, so diving right in, how did you first get uh, involved in
1: web development, Josh? What's your origin story? Um, I started writing a blog um, about being a nerd. Um, and I think it might have originally been on Blogger, and that was terrible, so I switched to WordPress.com. Uh, and um, I got way more into playing with the blog than like writing on the blog. Uh, Which meant that, you know, you like Google how to do X with WordPress and they're like, yeah, you could do that, but you can't on WordPress.com, sad. Um, So that's how I like got into like hosting my own site and like breaking it regularly. Um, And by breaking it, I mean like going through the learning experience of teaching myself PHP development. Um, And yeah, it kind of got carried away from there. I made some themes, uh, which was a great learning experience, but um, I should never make a theme. I don't know how to make something look good. Uh, so I got into plugin development, uh, which led to me working at Pods, uh, which is a great learning experience. And uh, from there, I uh, moved on to starting my own thing with uh, Caldera.
2: Can I, can I ask a question, Josh? Um, did you have any kind of previous coding experience before? You, um...
1: So when I was in high school, I did a like self-taught um, web design thing where I got this like one of those O'Reilly books on web design. And like after HTML, I got annoyed and stopped. Um, <laughs> so I knew like HTML as of like 1998 uh, going into this, and not none of that like CSS stuff. Like I feel like it had a section on like who, what would have been server-side scripting in 1998? Like uh, html yeah, was like CGI bin or something. Yeah, maybe like Java applets. Yeah, I didn't read that part of the book. Um, most most people was, didn't actually judge. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be uh, flippant I'm sorry. sorry so yeah before before I started you know, just experimenting with WordPress um it, let's call that like 2011 2012 I definitely um could make had made websites on like um you know like angel Fire or Geocities or yeah. um you know just hacking together some HTML, uh, but that was about it. Thanks. I
0: thought it'd be
2: just interesting for the audience to see what your experience beforehand
0: was. Yeah, definitely. I, do, I mean, and that's a question too. Like, you know, how many people actually that are successful WordPress entrepreneurs actually have like a computer science degree as opposed to I, people who are like work. I often
1: it. wish I understood the theory a lot better. Like, I'll have these discussions about code performance where I'll talk about things, and at some point, I'll be like. Like, I'll get pretty deep and then I'll say something like, I don't know. And then at that point, it's like op codes or I don't know, I have a liberal arts degree. Nice.
0: You no. Know,
1: like, that's where it trails off into, like,
2: I. I it's probably like for, it's probably it for the best, Josh. You could go into a very dark place, really. You've probably been saved, actually. Uh, I don't know. That was English flippancy, wasn't it, John? Might be no, that's, le- cool. Might be that's a- cool. Might
0: be element of truth there. It? I'll get. It, I'll get it into the holiday spirit, and I, John, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and that's an intriguing question too. You know, the, I just thought of this too. You know, you were working at Pods. What made you decide to like strike out on your own and do your own thing as an entrepreneur? Right. Um, I
1: think that's what I what I always wanted to do. Um. You know, uh, Ponce was an amazing accident in terms of I needed um, a job. And I was like on jobs.wordpress.net replying to things and like, you know, finding like $400 bad web development jobs. Um, no, because nobody had told me. Like, this was before I got involved with the community. I Everybody mean, was like, don't do the $400 jobs, Jeff, right? And um, the. But anyway, I answered a, a thing that was like plugin needs support, um, and like for whatever bizarre reason, Scott uh, decided to give me a job. In uh, that was this amazing opportunity to, you know, not just learn Pods and then um, you know go from support to doing development there, uh, but also just learn and also just get a ton of freelance work that was of decent pay because I knew Pods, um, but also. Learn from Scott and Phil, the other developer there. Um, the uh, what, what it takes to manage a large project, right? Like plugin development is so different than say making a website. You're like, we're launching at this date, and that may or may not be it. whereas plug? What I love about plugins is that they're never finished. Like I tell this that when when I do a Caleraforms release. You know, we merged mass, We merged the development branch to master, do all the stuff to push to WordPress.org. And then the last step of that process is I have to branch back to the development branch and then change the version number to like, you know, whatever version beta one. And that's my favorite part of the release process because that means like I get to keep going. Like that's done, cool. People get an update and bugs are fixed. They have new features. But my favorite part is the fact that I get to start the next version. Like that's the part where it gives me the joy um, of like, hey, I finished version one dot five. It's boring to me. I get to start version one dot four dot six. It's exciting to me. Oh, well, um, and that's what I learned there was like how to manage these long term projects and um, to find the joy in something that never ends.
2: I think that's fantastic, Josh. But why forms? You know what? What uh, was there? What was the business logic, if there was any? And I'm not being flippant there because there. In truth, <laughs> um, in truth, there's a lot. You know, I've gone down a certain road with a certain product, and thinking back, there hasn't been a, there wasn't a lot of initial logic. It's come along, but what, why forms, and um, on, on the business side, uh, you know, what was the logic behind forms?
1: I just read in a Facebook discussion somewhere, like literally while I was making coffee, somebody saying you know google does that but i think i can do better and i'm going to build something like that whatever google thing that, that was the 906 and for a second there's that like insanity of like you're like a dude um who is in you're you're going to try and make something that google's already doing and you think you can do one of the things that that does better for wordpress right but that's great because the, the you know, Google does a lot of things very well, but they can't nail it on all the time or Amazon or whatever big company. And also, I mean, the history of innovation and especially online, it comes from small groups of people um, who are able to use the fact that they're new and that they, they're not in some huge structure to do something better than some exi- existing product, some existing large company could it do. Um, so I think that's... um to me, how I like to answer the question of I hey, I have this idea for something, but it's already been done. It's like, yeah, that's fine, but if there are a ton of people who need it, I think this person was talking about some sort of server thing. And people, there's an infinite need for servers, right? There are 10 billion hosting companies because there's ten, There's so many people who need hosting. And for us, we know that every website needs a form and there are hundreds of thousands of new websites every week. And so if they're I don't know what it is, if it's 200,000 or 500,000 new websites a week. Um, Divide that by four. You've got how many of those are going on WordPress, roughly. They all need a four. So when you look at something with a huge market, it doesn't matter that there are other people out there. I don't really care if you... Hey, people love Gravity Forms, and that's fine. Um, That's good. We do something very different. The good thing about WordPress is that there is a ton of options. And, the, and people excited to try new things. And I like when people try us out because a lot of people like us. Uh, they think, like, oh, this is very different. This is new. Oh, let me try this. Um, and that's great. Uh, so for us, it was, um, it was, uh, to actually give you an answer, we didn't originally think that's what the company was about. Um, it sort of took over the company in terms of that was what was most resonant. We tried a lot of different products. And I think early on, being like, "This is the thing I do," Pe- like people say, "Have focus, do one thing," and they're right. Um, but don't get to that too soon, right? Uh, we've we we re- discontinued our most successful selling product because it didn't make sense to the brand. It wasn't a good thing to support. It was It was hard, expensive to develop. Um, we thought we would be about search products. Um, our Easy Pods, Easy Queries, which are search plugins, they do well. They don't they're not what defines us. We did a lot of things, um, including this form builder that we had, and that was the one that people went, and we love that. Um, so we really like, why forms? Because of all the things we built, that's the one that tens of thousands of people used. Right. Makes
0: total sense. So how important is it uh, to have uh, a product story? How important is storytelling in, in product marketing?
1: Um, huge! Everything's about storage, right? So, um, just to back up into into my origin story, I um, I, bef- I started blogging about being a nerd because I was in school for environmental studies and uh, at a very hippie college, and uh, part of the, part of that curriculum is like explore yourself and your relationship to your world and to your history, right? Like as you can imagine, it's sort of standard curriculum, um, and so for me that was let's write about being a nerd, right? Let's get in touch with that inner nerd that's always been a part of me that I maybe tried to push away. Um, and so that led to a lot of like research on what is a story and why is this fundamental to being human? Um, actually, I have a WordCamp uh, talk on WordPress TV about storytelling. And how this isn't a thing that defines us as humans, this is a thing that made us human, right? The original stories were about where prey was going to, right? If you could think about where a rabbit was going to be, we developed these skills right around the same times that we got better at throwing things, right? We developed these sort of like complex thoughts around the same time that we evolved like better arm muscles to throw things. So that's sort of like stories that we were telling about, like, hey, that rabbit's not, is here now, but I bet you it's going to be there, right? And you see the evolutionary advantage of being able to tell that type of story. These are things that are essential to us as humans. So you have to have a story. And I think that that's, something that um, can be tricky with a product. Um, And one of the things that we're really focused on right now is having more personality. I think one of the mistakes that slowed us down as a growth of a company was being like pseudo corporate, if you know what I mean, in our messaging, Mm -hmm. like having a Josh net that was very Josh and very, um, and and the, the team is larger than me, but like I tend to be the one associated with it, um, the JoshPress.net and, and at josh JoshFourAndTwo Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, little box pops up. Um, was uh, very. I, I feel like I talk very authentically, like me, um, on my personal blog and on social media, um, and um, with some notable exceptions, people like me. Um, and uh, the, the 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 corporate site the like website for the brand had no story had no sort of uh personality um and that's something that we've been looking to change right to um own the fact that we're good. like we did a whole taco tuesday promotion this instead of uh, cyber monday we did taco tuesday um <laughs> and then we threw a taco party uh, the night before WordCamp camp us right we invited users over for tacos we had a taco bar by the way it's surprisingly affordable to have um uh most southwestern grills show up at your airbnb with a uh, instead of a taco bar i had no idea um you know if we made goofy taco stickers and we you know just sort of embraced the nature of who we are and i think that's huge is to tell that story about your product and to tell stories of your users using the product and why why your um um why your users will become more successful when they use their product um to have a mascot We're working towards having a mascot because I look at the power of Wapu in the WordPress community and how people, when I go to WordCamps, people who are new figure out Wapu in like four hours tops, right? They're on board. I don't mean like figure out what the hell it is. I mean, get the whole thing, wear the sticker, want the uh, like Wapu doll that people have, you know what I mean? Like it brings people into the community so fast. Um, And I think that's essential for a product to have.
2: I think that's fantastic, um, just to follow through on John's question, um, but what I've learned is you've got to really understand who your client, who who's going to buy this, who's going to use it, who's your target, you know, um, do you think you've really cleared now, because it's not always easy initially, who are your kind of obviously there is an average, but who are the people that are using it? Is it other developers? Is it DIY people? Or who's exactly
1: using your full product? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really hard. Um, it's partially um, it's partially because wordpress.org um, creates an anti-pattern towards customer dis- understanding, yeah. right, um, that the... WordPress and not just in terms of um, rules that are um, wrong. Um, that's not the first time I've said that. Like, I think that the rules governing um, uh, how you how you interact with your users are just wrong <laughs> uh, and are hurting our community and, and our products. Um, you know, but it also, it creates this this uh, uh, this best practice and this expectation that people don't. It, that makes people even more restrictive to that kind of thing. Um. So that makes it hard to understand who your users are. Also, just because they're so diverse, right? Mm-hmm. If you're doing, you know, a very a, a, like a specialized, um, like look at Give, um, it's a su- super successful, uh, plugin. And we we talk with those uh, folks a lot. They're great people, and they have like very specific use cases, right? There's not even like an e-commerce plugin, you know? It's like people are fundraising for something personal, people who are fundraising for their church, people who are fundraising for their political organization, people for charity, right? And you would spot people if you're doing a plugin like that, a lot simpler than a plugin that's designed to kind of do everything, like what we're doing, right? Like some people are using it as a contact form. Some people are using it as a one-page e-commerce form. Some people are using it for some sort of complex registration form. Some people are using it for surveys. Um, we... Uh, I was talking with somebody recently who had a dermatologist office, I think, maybe. And they wanted a quick way to, they weren't like selling anything through it, but they built this like internal application where they had post types for all the different tests that they could order. And right, but then there's like a diagnostic code and there's a, um, you know, there's a price and then there's a, you know, link to where they order it on whatever, and so they had those all in custom fields, and they used our form to like do a quick search to find that stuff and show that results, and then print out and print out some form that. Then I don't right. That's it's so hard. Like how like how do we segment users by our doctors' offices organizing their right? It's so that's really hard, um, and so you have to find something unifying in that. You have to find a unifying thread. Um, when you're doing something general, it's very different than, you know, if you're selling a a thing specifically targeted at, you know, restaurants that want to make it easier for people to order online, right? If that's your, if that's your goal, right? If that's your mission statement, we want to make it easier for people to order pro order ref, order online from restaurants, right? You know who your users are. Um, and that's, I think the value of a mission statement is to say like, for us, we, we want to make it easier for people to have accessible websites um, that they can use to interact with who wants to talk to them. That's a, that's the mission statement for Caldera Forms, um, and th- that's what it is. But it doesn't get to that like very connected thing, like if we we're you know doing online restaurant or or order, uh, order. No, definitely. I, I, I... It, I I was just going to say, I think that's the value of segmentation. Yeah.
0: No, definitely. I I think there's a lot to that. Um, You know, just looking at how Caldera Forms stacks up against some of the other, you know, forms that are out there. um, You know, Gravity Forms seems like it's more centered toward developers. But Caldera Forms, I mean, just from my observation, it seems in a lot of ways, like, more user-friendly for sure, Uh, you know, having the drag and drop and and being responsive out of the box. Um, There's so many things that, like, differentiate that product from from some of the other ones. Um, You know, so did you know, you know, just right off the bat um, how you wanted to be different from all the different forms out there from Contact Form 7 and all those different other ones?
1: So here's the thing. I didn't have a ton of experience with um, WordPress form builders when I got started with it. Right, I got started as a user, actually. Uh, Caldera Forms was originally developed by David Kramer, um, and who I met working on pods. Um, And he was doing some work for, you know, volunteer work for pods. You know, he was a pods user and said, hey, you know, that part right there isn't great. Let's make that back. Like that's yeah, the awesome thing about open source is people who use a tool and instead of complaining about the part of it that's quantifiably wrong, they fix it, right? Um, and I really loved the way that he built built interfaces. And I said, I, I said, like, I want to learn to build interfaces like that. I want to use this. I actually, the first thing that we did together was an add-on that allowed me to use Caldera Forms in a project that I was using before that I needed a interface layer, Right. I had all the backend stuff done, which is sort of what I've always been better at. Um, and I had this really terrible form uh, working for the interface um, that like 98% worked, but was just God's awful. Um, and so I wanted to use Caldera forms because I said, Hey, I could make a form that looks like I want um, in five, 10 minutes and functions so much better than what I've spent the last week on. And I just need a little bit of work to hook it up to my system. Um, And that's why the run action add-on exists. Um, That's one that just takes your data and fires it off as an action. So you just like have all that data if you're a developer, just do whatever you want, Um, hook in and grab. Um, And that's what I needed. Um, And so that was from the get-go was that I wanted all of our products to have an interface that I would want to use. Um, I think that, you know, WordPress in many ways is showing its age, um, right? I mean, this is Matt Mullenweg's push to modernize the WordPress dashboard, the WordPress admin screen, all these things. Um, because it's old. It's a really old way of building interfaces and it doesn't feel great these days a lot of the time. Um, and, um, you know, I, I can't agree more with him when he's like, I mean, it's going to be painful, Um and I personally don't like React.js, but um, he's right. It, it's going to be a long, this process is necessary. And I saw, you know, four years ago, I, I, or three years ago, when I first started seeing this stuff, I said, this is how I want to do things. And that was kind of always my motivation was not, oh, this form builder sucks and I'm going to do my own thing. It was just in general that I thought that WordPress had this um, very backwards, um, and it's come a long way since then approach to UI and I wanted a modern approach that I was seeing in the rest of the web. Um, and that's what attracted me to Caldera Forms. Uh, when I first started working on it was that it had, yeah, it, it, it was, it, it didn't feel behind. And that's just kind of, I don't want my, I don't want WordPress. I feel this way a lot of times, to be honest. Um, when I use WordPress that I feel like I'm using 2010s internet. I'm using 2008's internet sometimes, and a lot of things like, uh, did you use the new version of Yoast? Their, their user interface is great. What they've done, without like breaking the look of WordPress, but but just functionally, like if you compare what Yoast was at two years ago to what they are today, um, it's great. Um, but some of the things, I just I feel like I'm using five years ago's internet, and I didn't. I wanted to stop putting users through that. I wanted to put give users an opportunity to feel like they're using a modern web application when they're using WordPress.
2: I think that's great. Shall we go for our break, John, and come back in a second?
0: Definitely. Uh, We're going to head to our break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more with Josh Pollock of Caldera Labs. See you in a minute. Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno Tahoe area. I know the best CRS real estate broker and that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at karenconrad.com or call directly at 775-527-7021. We're coming back from our break. We're talking with Josh Pollock of Caldera Labs. One of the things that that you were just uh, talking about was at the state of the word, Matt Mullenweg, you know, uh, is making a big push to improve the uh, admin interface of WordPress. And you were saying that a lot of times it feels like you're using 2010s internet when you're using WordPress. And Calypso is a big part of of moving toward that. And that's built on React. Um, You know, how important is it to... um, learn, like, these different JavaScript frameworks, you know, going forward, and if you had a choice, like, you know, uh, do you prefer Angular or React? And, and, you know, how is Angular um, and and React, like, compare in in a logical sense
1: to web development? So I um, actually was thinking a lot about this in the last few days. Um, uh, There's some Discussion going on about exactly what will be um, um, uh, where can't Miami's uh, learn JavaScript deeply uh, 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 track this year. Uh, and so I was in some discussions about that. And I feel like that discussion goes immediately to React or what we should use instead of React because React is insane, um, in my opinion, as somebody who does, right? Um, the um, and that misses the point, I think, that um, you, hmm. if you are not used to doing modern front-end web development, learning React is a terrible thing to do, where even if you want to use React, right? There are a lot of people who love React. You need to learn ES6. You need to get way better at JavaScript than most people who are just sort of you know, doing some jQuery not, are doing. You need to learn all the build tools. You need to learn Redux. You need to learn JSX, right? And then you can learn React, right? And those are all great skills. Those are all actual fundamental skills that transfer across domains. Just learning React might be a a useful thing to put in your toolkit, but I think that it's more important to, before any framework, to learn the actual language. And I think that we've, we've equated learn JavaScript deeply with learn React or learn some other framework. And the cool thing about frameworks is that when done, a lot of them allow you to write really cool stuff without actually learning a lot about JavaScript. And that's awesome, Um, but those aren't transferable like cross-domain skills. For example, I rebuilt a large section of Caldera forms last night in Vue.js. And I've never written anything in Vue.js before. And the fact that uh, simple frameworks like Vue.js or Angular 1 uh, are really great, fast ways to build, um, build interfaces without really knowing JavaScript very well. Um, not like, oh, hey, I've never, I know a whole world. I'm going to start using Vue.js. But if you're a OK JavaScript developer, you should be able to use NG1 or UJS to build something very quickly. And I think that's really great. Um, and I just would caution people into thinking that it's all about choosing a framework. I think that it's really about those fundamentals and understanding um, understanding what an object is and, and how that works in, before you get into all this stuff. And understanding, uh, especially for people coming from PHP to understand how just totally different uh, object-oriented uh, code is in JavaScript. Um, and then understand the conventions of yes, yeah, 6 um, if you want to go that route. Um, and then, yeah, then maybe you want to, if you're going to build a complex application, maybe it's worth doing something large like NG2 or um, React. I don't know. I'm not a front-end developer. Sorry, did that answer your question? Ugh. Close enough, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like maybe a shorter answer would be, yeah, I guess because is awesome, right? Like at the end of that, Calypso is really cool, and if you, the WordPress post editor is not a great place to write. I write in Google Docs most of the time. Um, but I would consider writing in Calypso. I would consider writing in Medium's editor. Um, you know, Calypso, I, I wish, I, I would love to see Calypso for WordPress. I think that would be really great. And I, I, I think that it's going to be terribly painful to migrate to Calypso or something like Calypso, but I think it's necessary.
0: Definitely. Um, you know, and and that brings another thing too. Uh, you have a REST API uh, ebook. Uh, you know, the REST API in in this latest version of WordPress, we finally got endpoints. Um, Do you think that this is going to open up WordPress by bringing other developers who before would have been, nah, I don't want to work on WordPress. That's that's just for blogging. But now it's going to attract talent from other
1: uh, corners of the web. I mean, maybe. I think that one of the promises of the REST API that we haven't seen a ton of fulfillment on. And we've seen it on big enterprise sites that are doing WordPress as the database management and then some sort of decoupled application um, using React or whatever uh, as the front end. And, and that we've seen on big enterprise sites. And I think that the tooling for that is not... Is slowly becoming available in, in having all the options, right? Like, one of the reasons why WordPress is so great is because we have these small budget projects where, you know, on a $5,000 project, you can't write everything from scratch. You just don't have time to write a custom e commerce solution, right? But that doesn't matter because you have 50 uh, good e commerce plugins to choose from, right? And so the problem is, is you're like, oh, I'm going to build this with the REST API. Well, most of them aren't going to work with the REST API. And so now, Right. That's out the window. So I think that we'll slowly get there where people are saying like, Hey, I'm going to hire a killer react developer that can build this beautiful front end. And my customer is going to manage it all in WordPress. And they're just going to use the module for WooCommerce or easy digital downloads or cart 66 or whatever. Right. There's a react module, um, you know, for that. And I think once we get there, we'll really see that. And that'll be really exciting. Um, I also think that it speaks to the uh, nature of people get excited about using WordPress when they don't have to use WordPress templates. Um, and I would really like to see, you know, if, if I was a design person, um, and I wasn't, you know, silly busy, my goal right now would be to do um, what StudioPress did with Genesis, um, but for REST API. No, I don't even want to call it a theme, right? A thing like a theme that. The thing that makes themes obsolete because it uses the REST API in Angular or whatever, and it's just so much cooler, but has a and I don't, I'm not just using um, StudioPress and Genesis as the example because you buy that package and you get all those really good looking child themes, but because there's a whole infrastructure around them, right? There's an infrastructure of training and an infrastructure of all these different plugins that work specifically for Genesis to do useful things. And a community of Genesis developers, right? And then, uh, and then also what they do with like Copy Blogger that you know, teaches you how to be successful in terms of you know different types of website businesses and make your websites successful. Many of the recommendations happen to be Press products, right? Um, sure. it, it's genius. And, but what it does is it completes that it, it creates that complete package that convinces people that this is a good way of doing it, of making a website, and also like delivers on that promise, right? That's legitimately a good way of building a WordPress site. Um, And I think that having that kind of complete end-to-end solution that isn't that hard to get started with, um, and people can do those relatively inexpensive projects and make them look really good and function really well, that for whatever REST API plus whatever, I think that's, um, somebody's going to do that. um, And they're really going to advance the state of uh, user interface on the web. Um, And that's amazing. And they're going to make a lot of money. And I hope that they um, don't go backwards on accessibility in the process.
2: I think um, what you were saying about Genesis, you know, um, but, you know, I think it's fantastic, you know, um, let's put it this way um you know feces got a lot of grief um for going seeing to go too far about breaking you know breaking open source requirements and also attacked where it was seen to modify the core what was seen as being wordpress well, couldn't you say the same things about Genesis? You know, where's the balance? Or when, you know, if you go so far, you end up with a product that's not really based on WordPress. It's been, it's gone down a path that's so differential that it no longer has much linkage to normal WordPress, if you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, but what's the end result? I mean, in terms of, I, I've never used Thesis. And I don't, I've don't, i never read it Um and I, um, I, I think that Genesis is very much in which I have some experience with. I don't really make websites that much, so um, but I have to work on projects with Genesis, mm-hmm. and I think it's nice. Um, and the end results are always really, you know, a, a talented developer, somebody with a good eye, can make something really great with Genesis, um, and that's and um, I. I think that the end results are good and I think that it shows the power. You could say the same thing like Divi. People make really beautiful sites with Divi and then people get mad because it looks so much Like the interface becomes its own Divi interface versus WordPress. Well, yeah, but people like it. There's a reason why Divi, they sell so much Divi is because people like working with that interface. Um, I do too. I use Divi as a prototyping tool a lot. Um, And um, the, like I, I use Divi to like, because I can't go into photoshop and make a layout, right? My two prototyping tools are drawing something on a napkin that nobody can figure out and like going into divi and like making it making a rough approximation in 5 10 minutes. Um that's amazing to me. Um that kind of power. People like these things and I don't think that end users care or should care um about is it pure wordpress? Right? They want it to be fun to work with. They want it to be easy to work with and they want it to be uh, have a good result. And those are like, there's nothing wrong with that. Those are good things for people to want to get things to deliver on. And if the next, the next big thing in WordPress will require a change in paradigms. It will require changing the way that people approach WordPress. And that's not a bad thing. If we're gonna stick to that, like, oh, this is the way WordPress is, then forget about it, right? Well, it, 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 it's a thirteen-year-old product.
2: Yeah, it can't stand a I can see exactly where you know where you're coming from, but my only my only uh, comment on that is that a lot of people think there's too many ways of doing the same thing in WordPress already. Oh yeah. Uh, so now you're going to add a, a, a system where different and developers, productors, whatever type you want to give them, are going to be able, be able to build on multiple different versions of whatever is WordPress. So it'll get even more confusing.
1: It will, but if there are going to be 100 million WordPress sites, uh, which there basically are, there isn't a solution for all of them. No. Um, there isn't. I don't think that... Um, I really believe that the mission of WordPress core is should be um, providing the, the tools to make uh, things happen, if that makes sense. Uh, and I don't think so. they right. I think that WordPress core does things like a custom post, it provides infrastructure for custom post types, right? There were a lot, before custom post types, there were lots of ways of doing what custom post types do. And WordPress core provided a standard way of providing that container, right, for content that isn't a post. Um, WordPress does, core should do things like arrested, a REST API interface. WordPress core should do things like an extensible editor, right? Uh, like a customizer, these sorts of things. But at the end of the day, WordPress core can't. I know it's the, 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 the goal is eighty twenty, but I feel like that's a, uh, probably not even true on the 20% that it can't, right? It's probably larger than that. And it just can't, right? Even if it is 80, 20, it's still 20 million people uh, websites that you're failing. And that's fine. The more that you provide tooling and the more, that the, the more options that there are um, out there, um, the merrier. And I think that as WordPress grows, it has to be more, it has to be like almost mutatable, if that's the right word, right? It has to be this thing that, you you turn it on and you go okay no 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 get rid of that get rid of that give me this version of this right and, and WordPress core needs to be very good at reacting to being changed yeah um, I, and I, that's something that it, it, it is why there's so much WordPress because it is that and, oh yeah uh, oh, it could okay. do better at that oh I, um, I, and I, I think that's the mission
2: I can see exactly where you're coming you know I think what you're talking about is modules. Um, You know, exactly what plugins, you know, one of the things that built WordPress was, you know, the ability to build plugins reasonably easily and how you could really customize WordPress through being able to do different things through plugins. So it's history to some extent comes from that, doesn't it?
1: Yes. And I think that we almost are at a point where we need something on a lower level. A, a different um, a different level than plugins, right? I think that right, we have theme and plugin here, and then we have core, and I think there needs to be something in between. And we actually have this, they're called dependencies, but they end up getting packaged in plugins and it gets really weird. Um, and so I think that, it, and then we have all these different parts of WordPress core that most people don't actually need all of, right? Nobody needs everything that's in there. And so I think that maybe it's like four levels. It's core, core add-ons, and then like modules that are shared between plugins and themes or core. Um, And I don't 100% know how to do that in a user-friendly way because I'm Composer's biggest fan, but that's not a consumer-facing feature. Like when Composer can't resolve a set of dependencies... That's a that's a nightmare. That takes a like qualified developer to solve. Like that can't be part of the, like oh you've installed WooCommerce four you point know, seven you know seven yeah this is like that' doing three this is the future and um, you know but it has a dependency clash with this and like Composer word WordPress recommends right like screw it like they're they're gonna go back to Squarespace at that point and they're gonna be right um so it's a wicked problem. But I think for the ecosystem, it's something that needs to be solved to figure out what's the equivalent of a, a composer package, um, of like a module for WordPress that just kind of, we don't end up in that dependency resolution. How um, that, um, you know, I, I know that has been a big issue in the Drupal world um, as they've in, integrated into core and could be an issue in, in PHP in, devel- in general. Um, but I think that's essential to becoming more modular and also to being able to provide a uh, you know the headless WordPress, an enterprise WordPress solution where you don't get most of it, right? Where you need a you need a system for content management that can send off that content over the REST API and it's just kind of a little small thing, right? Where you install WordPress in a larger, you know, you're doing a project in Symfony. And you just install these pieces of WordPress right there, and that's all you need. No. Um, I think that's
2: Well, Josh. Um, I, I'm gonna. I, I've really enjoyed the discussion. I think it's it's been a bit of a nerd fish. I don't know if John agrees, but uh, we love for it you. Happens. We love for you to come back on the show in the new year on the round on our round table episode, sure. and have an, another nerd fest i've got some business requirements i've got to do so we're probably not going to have a bonus session folks but um, we're definitely going to have josh back in the new year and hopefully he will agree to join us on a round table show and we have a real nerd fest what do you think john
0: Definitely. Uh, just want to remind everyone: if you're getting uh, if you're getting value from this podcast, be sure to go to iTunes, leave us a detailed review. We're trying to get to triple digits. We do see the listeners going up. It's definitely uh, you know going up every month, and it's we appreciate crying. that. It's growing rapidly, isn't it, John? It definitely is, uh, Josh. How do we get a hold of you?
1: Um. So you you can find me wherever you see this logo. <laughs> we're, we're, we're quickly spreading it across the internet. Um, right? Uh, it's the Caldera Globe, um, where the whole globe's going to look like this, like the whole Earth. Um, so, um, so you can find uh, me at, at calderaforms.com, uh, it's the website for Calderaforms. Um, or uh, joshpress.net is my own site uh, that I occasionally blog at. Um, I run my mouth on Twitter all day at josh412. And um, you'll know when I'm on vacation or dead by uh, I stopped tweeting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you could you could check us out at calderaforms.com or uh, follow me on Twitter at josh412 or um, at caldera_wp on uh, Twitter as well.
0: Excellent, Jonathan. How do we get a hold
2: of you? Oh, it's quite easy, folks. You can get me on Twitter, Jonathan Denwood. I kind of jump on every kind of second day um or you can email me at jonathan at wp-tonic.com and i'll probably get you back the next day um um, they're the two best ways how can people get hold of you
0: john well you can find me at my website which is lockdowndesign.com or you can uh follow me on twitter lockdown underscore if you dare
1: (laughs) what do you mean if you dare i like following you share my stuff that's an excellent (laughs) use for twitter
0: No, yeah, well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, So uh, the next two episodes we're going to do, they're going to be internal shows, uh, probably just going to be me and Jonathan, but just want to let everybody know in 2017, we're already like lining up some really big guests. We've got some surprises for you. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet, but we've got um, some shows we think you're really going to enjoy coming up pretty soon here. So uh, for the WP tonic, uh, for our guest Josh Jonathan is saying audios bye folks <laughs>